Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD innovation. So this is Dr. Greg Goodman on The Modern MD. This is episode number 44. Super excited. We've got Dr. Miles Beckett, who's the co-founder and CEO of Silversheet, a company dedicated to developing software solutions that transform the way healthcare facilities and providers collaborate and connect. Miles was the co-founder and CEO of a social entertainment company, Equal, and was the co-creator an executive producer of the web series Lonely Girl 15 and Kate Modern. Miles holds a Bachelor's of Science in Neuroscience at the University of California at Berkeley and an MD from the University of California at San Diego. Miles, welcome to The Modern MD. Such an honor to have you on the show. Thanks a lot, Greg. It's awesome to be on the show with you as well. So Miles, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you personally and super pumped to hear about your entrepreneurial journey. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to be here. Happy to talk about it. You know, it's really awesome to have a podcast like this available. I remember when I was leaving medicine, there really weren't any resources out there. It's really cool to see this, and I'm happy to be part of it. Thanks so much. Can you talk about kind of your journey from plastic surgery, residency to equal, and some of your journey to now getting back into the healthcare space at Silversheet? Sure. I went to medical school out of college. I had always been very into science. I was a neuroscience major, as you mentioned. I had done a lot of research as an undergrad. Nobody in my family was a physician, so I didn't have too much exposure to, to clinical medicine. And, you know, for me, medical school, it was kind of like a rude awakening. I had always done pretty well in school, and I'm pretty good at problem solving, and I'm a pretty good creative thinker, but I'm um, not great at memorizing. And turns out, pretty important to be very good at memorizing if you want to be a doctor. So learning the vast like quantities of knowledge was, you know, challenging. I mean, ultimately I did well and I got into a plastics residency, but it was kind of sort of new for me. And, you know, all the while I had always been very interested in, you know, other things. You know, I was a editor for the humor magazine in college. I did all the design work there. I was sort of a rudimentary programmer. I programmed a little bit in high school and was super into the, the internet as it was emerging when I was in college. And also just really into like video production, like making short films, which I, I did while I was in med school. You know, for me, leaving the surgery program and moving back to LA and getting involved in online video was really about following my passion. I love that. I think it sounds like you had a big creative bug. I remember the pain as well. You know, medical school is a lot of rote memorization. So it sounds like you wanted to really pursue the creative side of things and a really exciting kind of career. Before we jump into a little bit more about your journey, we love to start the show off with a success quote. Miles, do you have a quote that's important to you or something that you like to share? Yeah, I mean, so I'll give you a couple. I like Winston Churchill a lot, and I'll give you two. So when I was in my surgery internship, the quote that kept me going was, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> so that was one. <laughs> now, the one that I like a lot is that success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm, which I think is a really good one for any entrepreneur because 
whether it's big failures or little failures, you know, most of building a company is the process of running a, you know, an ongoing experiment where sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And bit by bit, you're building something that, you know, ultimately does work and becomes an ongoing concern. I love that. It sounds like you got out of hell and you're now enjoying the journey. Just to touch on that a little bit, can you talk about, I think a lot of, whether it's medical students, residents, there's that fear of just jumping off the cliff. You know, you were in a plastic, you know, surgery residency, you jumped off the cliff, you went into, uh, you know, a completely different world. What were some of your thoughts? What was your mindset? Did you have a backup plan? Can you kind of talk us through that transition? I think you have a really interesting story. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think your analogy of jumping off a cliff is pretty accurate. I mean, that is how I felt. That is what I told friends and family. Yeah. And, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, this was back in 2005. Entrepreneurship and being a founder and tech companies and all that are pretty glamorized now in the media. But back then, you know, not as much. And, you know, being able to find example doctors who had made the switch, like, I mean, it was pretty much impossible. The person that I always like referred to as Michael Crichton, you know, who had been a doctor who was a writer and made movies. And like, that was the only example that I could really consistently come up with. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I'll say this, it wasn't the most rational decision. It was very much following a passion. Like I made, you know, two short films when I was in medical school, uh, just for fun. One of them was uh, featured many of my med school classmates and was called Star Wards, like the hospital ward. <laughs> and that uh, was fun. And then I made another short film that was part of, I took a year off when I was in med school and did uh, research here at the NIH. So it was while I was out there. And anyway, so, you know, I was super into that. I was very like into the internet, like just obsessed with what the internet was doing to society. I felt like it was, you know, that the most important kind of social, technological, political, capitalist thing going on in my generation. I mean, all I really knew was I, you know, hated my surgery internship. I was, you know, working, you know, 90 hours plus a week. And I, you know, didn't love clinical medicine. I really liked, I did like research, but I didn't love, I don't know, just being in the hospital and, and patient interactions. And, and I loved this other stuff. So for me, it was like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to try and work as hard as I'm working now as a surgery intern at this other thing which in my mind was, you know, this burgeoning merger of entertainment and video and the internet. And I didn't have a backup, but what I did do was I, even though I decided a few months in my internship, I wanted to, to quit. I finished my internship and I got my license actually. And that way I was able to work as a urgent care doctor. So I was able to make money as an urgent care doctor while I was pursuing my passion. That's a good tip for those looking that are in their internship. If you can just get through, like you're saying, you can get licensed and, you know, it's an opportunity to do some clinical medicine and then kind of do, you know, hopefully a full-time entrepreneurial opportunity. Totally. Yeah. And it gave me the flexibility too, because I could work at different clinics at my own schedule, et cetera. So you did something completely outside of medicine. I know, you know, we'll get into silver sheets, but how has that transformed and given you a perspective of healthcare kind of maybe coming back into it? What were your thoughts looking, I wouldn't say from the outside, but just from a different angle maybe versus, you know, being entrenched. Uh, a lot of doctors, we get pretty used to, you know, what we see, we read the same journals. I think it probably provided a pretty unique opportunity to think about things very differently. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I had never really started a company before. 
you know, like I said, I had made a bunch of short films. The the humor magazine when I was in college actually functioned like a small business because we would get advertising from local uh, local store owners. Yeah, I mean, you know, producing Lonely Girl, producing videos online, ultimately building a company, you know, equal. The first of all, it was like business school 101. You know, I learned, you know, all the ins and outs of, you know, raising capital, dealing with investors, you know, all of the different aspects of finance, accounting, uh, you know, business operations, like, so that was number one. I learned a ton about that, taking the company all the way through an acquisition. And then it also, you know, obviously, like I've spent the past 10 years since 2005, really in the internet world, immersed in product development. You know, I'm not the head of product at our current company or my last company, but I am very, very, very involved in the product stuff. Kind of fits with the design background that I, you know, informally had when I was an undergrad. I tend to think pretty logically about users and and the problems that they're trying to solve when they're using software. So I definitely learned all that. And then, you know, social media and working with uh, building personas and managing reputations online. So I think all of that definitely came to play when I was after selling my last company and when I was thinking about new businesses and when I got interested in, in healthcare again. So let's go into our idea to venture. Would love to hear a little bit more about Silversheet and your kind of big vision. I know uh, you're doing a lot of work in the medical credentialing space to kind of simplify it. Would love to kind of get your thoughts in terms of you know, how you're thinking about the problem and, you know, how you're connecting all the pieces. Sure. Yeah, no problem. I sold my last company at the end of 2012 and I was on an earnout and starting to think about new ideas. My friend, David Rakoff, he's a doctor as well. We went to medical school together at uh, UC San Diego. He is now a practicing anesthesiologist here in Los Angeles. And he was basically just complaining about the process by which he would get privileges to work at the various surgery centers around town and then how he would have to like constantly be sending updated documents like his license, his DEA, et cetera, to the various places that he worked at. And then just, you know, having to go through the reappointment process. And we talked a bit about that. I also brought in Pat Chung, who's our head of product and other co-founder here at Silver Sheet. And really, you know, we were just trying to simplify things, like trying to come up with a way by which we could reduce some of the paperwork, make things less redundant, improve the experience for doctors. That was, I guess, kind of the initial germ of the idea. In terms of making that happen, can you talk about the medical credentialing process? I know a lot of the the current kind of apps are are much more consumer facing. What was your thought about really getting involved in more of the medical facilities, that doctor relationship do you see it beyond kind of the credentialing piece? Where do you kind of see things going? Yeah, I mean, definitely. So if you look at, as you've kind of alluded to, like the vast majority of investment and time has been spent on uh, software that helps doctors in their interactions with patients. And I think that's great. I mean, obviously, like that was an area that, that needed a lot of improvement. We've obviously seen a huge rise in adoption of EMRs, you know, a big portion of that because of the High Tech Act and Affordable Care Act driving it with incentives. And then, yeah, and then there's also been a lot of focus on just patients and outcomes and things like that. I think that's all great. But, you know, we felt that this area was somewhat overlooked in the workflows and how the doctors and other staff are actually interacting with the facilities that they work at. Yeah, and, you know, credentialing was not initially the very first thing that we thought of. We spoke with like 100 or so administrators of surgery centers and other types of healthcare facilities around the country. We're particularly focused on the surgery center space because we felt like it was a good initial market. And we basically heard from them that like 
probably the thing that was the most painful was this credentialing and privileging process. And, uh, you know, we're, we started with that. We've really spent a lot of time building an awesome product. We're now part of this program with uh, Techstars and Cedar sinai which is pretty awesome. So we're actually, you know, looking to work with Cedar sinai I think there's definitely other areas that we could go into as well. But, you know, for now, this kind of, this is our focus for right now. That's really exciting. So this is, you know, startup two, kind of the second run. What do you think some of the opportunities kind of from, from what you learned previously and how have you kind of translated your thought process into building Silversheet? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, with the last company, it didn't start out as a company. It just started out as this, you know, video series that I was producing on YouTube that got extremely popular pretty fast. And then we sort of cobbled a company together around it which, you know, initially really for the first few years, we were more of a digital production company. And then that morphed into a technology company and and ultimately like a media business. So I think number one was both having the time and really being able to plan a lot more in advance. You know, first and foremost, from a software standpoint, you know, we basically backed into being a software company at my last business. And it was pretty painful, you know, like we made a lot of mistakes in terms of the scope of the product that we were building. You know, we tried to build something that was way too big at first, and then we had to pare it down, and we had to rebuild the entire architecture multiple times. It was it was a mess. You know, ultimately it worked out, but it was like a few years of a lot of pain and suffering. You know, here we have an awesome engineering team. I have a you know, great co-founder who runs the product. And, you know, from the beginning, the technical stack was awesome. And, you know, we're I personally am much better at knowing what scope we can and can't build and understanding when the product team is kind of limiting things. I think that was probably the biggest area of differentiation this time around. The second one is just investors. It was with your first company raising money is almost impossible. <laughs> this time around is a lot easier. You know, I had people who were immediately interested in investing because it was my second company. And I think also I had a better idea of, of knowing like what to look for in an investor, what you want, you know, truly is a a partnership. It's almost like a marriage, like, you know, they're with you through that, the ups and downs of the company and ultimately getting to an exit. Those are probably the two biggest areas. Maybe the final one would just be general business operations, which, you know, with the last business, every single little item that we had to make a decision on seemed like it was the end of the world and we didn't even know what to do. Whereas now, like, you know, there's millions of little decisions around, oh, you know, option pools and cap tables and insurance and board structure and all these like walking and tackling things that now are routine for me, but they weren't the last time. That's awesome. You know, medicine always seems to be kind of the last to adopt technology. They kind of force fit things. So it's nice that you're trying to really simplify the process make it easy both for the doctors as well as for the facilities. What do you see as the kind of big opportunity? What are the uh, barriers as well to implementing and executing your solution in you know, some of the uh, not only surgical centers, but broadly speaking in healthcare? First, I'll say I think things are a lot better than they used to be. And that was actually one of the things that attracted me back into healthcare with this company. You know, when I left practicing medicine in 2005, it's pretty dark pretty much the dark ages in terms of the use of technology. There were not a lot of EMRs or the ones that were being used are pretty terrible. So I think that there's been a big change in that regard. Part of it has been forcing, but that I think was a starting point that got the ball rolling. Second, like the, a younger generation is now in charge and making decisions that are maybe more comfortable with technology. So that's been helpful. And then also, you know, technology itself has advanced because of mobile devices, tablets, and things like that, and just more modern 
design paradigms and more like more responsive website development and web technologies, you can actually build more usable products. So I think that's been a big change just across the board. So it's made it a lot easier. I mean, from our standpoint, when we're selling into surgery centers, we found that the reception has been really good. You know, everybody's, you know, they're frustrated with using paper processes. They're frustrated with using maybe legacy systems. These are, these are the administrators. They want better solutions. And the doctors do too. You know, they want to be able to send over their application or their credentials via their phone. They'd love to be able to update their license on their phone and have it just synchronized everywhere they work. We found that people are really excited. I think, I think the key is, you know, as a company and for our product, really doing like building great design, like well-designed products and having empathy for the user. And, you know, although I haven't practiced in a while, having been a doctor, you know, I viscerally know what it's like to like, you know, be sleep deprived and not have a lot of time and need to get just the rounds done and see these patients. And like, so we we're constantly trying to think, how can we like reduce the steps and make this easier and easier and easier. I love that. I love that, you know, you're really keeping the doctor in mind and making it easy for them. I'm excited to continue to move my credentialing forward. I'm on the limited license piece right now. So it'll, it'll be good to have your software. I'll keep track of it. So let's shift into our not our typical hospital rounds. So these are business rounds. Miles, what's the best advice that you've ever been given? Probably just not to give up. I got that advice from one of my, my current board member and one of my friends from high school and his name is Paras Manyar. He definitely, there were some pretty dark times at the last company and he always had a very positive attitude. And I feel like, again, I think I mentioned this earlier, but as a founder, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs and some of those things are big things. And some of those things are little things, but depending on the moment, they may all feel like really big things. We took equal ultimately to a great exit and, you know, made money for the employees and founders and, and the investors. But, and, you know, now I can like look back and kind of laugh on crazy things that happen. But when you're in the moment, it's pretty horrible. And I think every, every startup has that. It has it at every point in time. And I think that, you know, really recognizing that is important. I think that's awesome. So kind of along the uh, same lines, do you have any daily success habits or morning routine that you'd like to share or you think has attributed to some of your success? I don't know if I do anything daily. I mean, I probably do some, you know, mundane things daily, like checking my email. <laughs> I mean, every week I try to look at a list of goals that I have and try to break them down into discrete tasks. I guess somewhat daily, I, I have like a, a list of items that I want to get accomplished for that day. I, I'm the type of person that tries out different systems. And, you know, probably the one that stuck the best with me has been just, you know, I use Evernote pretty obsessively and I keep, you know, notes in pretty much every meeting and I have, you know, to-do items that come out of that. One thing that I had tried for a bit, which, which I think I'm still using in a modified form is trying to pick one thing to get done each day. So I do still try to at least get one thing done that really moves the needle. Uh, you know, oftentimes there's many other things that you need to get done as well. Yeah, those are probably the, the things I do most frequently. Love it. So kind of shifting back to healthcare, what are some of the exciting trends? I know you're in the medical credentialing space, but where else do you see healthcare going and what are you most excited about? There's a lot of things going on, a lot of opportunity. You know, if you look at where we're at right now, literally just at the stage where things are going digital. Most industries converted over to digital, you know, storage of documents and digital workflows, you know, a while ago. 
So we're just starting to see that in healthcare. Most places are using EMRs now. I think there's a lot of opportunity. Number one, you know, mining all of that data and learning about outcomes and really helping drive more evidence-based medicine. I think there's a lot of companies that are addressing that. I'm pretty excited about that. Number two, I do think that there will ultimately be some benefit from the various devices that people have measuring, you know, measuring their pulse or measuring their oxygenation, like, you know, the, the health kit APIs that are available through the iPhone and things like that. I know there's been some stories of people like, you know, they had a heart attack and their their watch detected it or something. I think we will see more and more of that. I think the biggest challenge right now is synchronization where the data is not necessarily getting to the healthcare providers, but I think that will be an interesting area. And I just think more and more mobile workflows. You know, I think that we've seen a bit of that. I think that we're going to just see more and more of doctors and nurses and other staff being able to do more and more of their job from their mobile device or from their tablet. And again, that's the sort of thing where right now we just have EMRs. How great are they on mobile? Probably not amazing. I think there's kind of this next stage where, you know, I've seen companies that are trying to address that. And I think there's going to be some cool stuff to come with it. I couldn't agree more. I think healthcare is at such an exciting time. Dr. Miles Beckett, it was an absolute honor and privilege having you on the show. Super excited about your work at Silver Sheet and uh, your incredible entrepreneurial journey. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Greg. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.